0: Hello there and welcome into this edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from The Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. First up, it's part of the teaching team of Back to the Bible and wife of Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. Kara Whitney joined me on the program recently to talk about a book of stories about farm life, how elements of that lifestyle have drawn her closer to God, and how believers can more effectively share Christ. Here's some of her comments coming up. Plus, former law enforcement officer Adam Davis visited with me recently. He has teamed up with Chad Robichaux to craft a book of devotionals that can help those in the military trust God in the midst of the battles they face. Principles that can be helpful for those engaged in spiritual battles. And coming up on this edition of The Intersection, Family Research Council has announced the launch of a new Center for Biblical Worldview and has added two senior fellows. In addition to George Barnup, Owen Strand has joined FRC, and I spoke with him recently about a variety of issues, including critical race theory, that are of concern. Some material from that conversation is ahead. Then, Jarrett Stevens of Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston provides perspective on the abiding presence of God, the one who is always with us. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Kara Whitney is part of the teaching team at Back to the Bible and is the author of a book called Fields of Grace Sharing Faith from the Horse Farm. Kara, her husband Dan, who is better known as Larry the Cable Guy, and their two children live on a farm in Nebraska. And Kara relates how farm life and experiencing God's creation have brought her closer to the Creator, and she provides insight into sharing about Him. From a recent Meeting House conversation, this is Kara Whitney.
1: He just put things in my path where I just couldn't tell him no. Uh, (laughs) I tried telling him no, and... (laughs) Um, it's, it's funny. I don't want to be disobedient. Um, so people would come to me, they'd say, Hey, can you write this? Do you think you can do that? Or, and then all of a sudden they had this book offer. The only thing that slows me down is myself because I deal with a lot of self-doubt. I don't feel like I'm equipped to do these things. Bob, I have like a 12th grade education and I barely got that. Like, But God equips us for the things he wants us to do. We just have to say yes. So I said yes and just stepped forward in faith. And here's unbridled faith. That deals with um, the questions I had about God, about his character, why certain things happen in our lives that we can't figure out. That was unbridled faith. I think everybody has those questions. So those answered that. The new book is different. It, uh, the chapters are longer, um, but this has to do with sharing your faith. In that, you know, people who are unbelievers, we can't expect them to act like us. Hmm. Christians get so discouraged, and and it it is almost like they're looked at like they're the enemy. They're not. They just don't know. They're they're just not believers yet. Uh, Anyone is a potential believer. And so I don't want people to be intimidated with sharing their faith. So Fields of Grace is basically uh, me correlating farm stories, my own personal experiences with sharing my faith with people. And I don't always get it right, but it also shows that there's redemption in that chapter for the parts where I've made mistakes, that God still uh, comes in and he makes something really beautiful with what's going on in that chapter so it's about sharing your faith and that we don't look at unbelievers like projects but people that just and we don't have saving power you know i think we put a lot of stress mm, on ourselves yes. like we can have that one nugget that's going to turn someone on to jesus but that's not what we're here to do we're here to glorify god and make an introduction and let jesus do the work
0: what would you say to the person that maybe is is struggling or maybe feels a a bit reticent to, to share his or her faith with someone else?
1: Right. It's relational. So, Mm. you know, you, sometimes I suppose it works. What do you think happens to you uh, when you die? To me, that is a hard introduction to Jesus. Um, You know, some people are just, look at where your spiritual gift is. Some people are so good at like, this person might be lonely. I'm going to bake them a cake and take it over to their house. Or, hey, I'm baked you some cookies. I'm going to leave them on your step. Um, You know, I'm going to invite you to coffee. You know, you don't have to like pounce on them right away. All you're doing is starting this relationship with them that at some point you're going to make that introduction uh, to Jesus, right? So my hairdresser, I will go to my hairdresser and then at some point in the conversation, I can weave in there that I follow Jesus and why I follow him, you know, because everybody has questions, you know, like this isn't anything I've taken willy-nilly. I just didn't say- oh, I want to make sure that I go to heaven when I die. That's not how I came to faith. I came to faith by, let me, let me almost disprove this so I can move on from it. And so mm-hmm. I studied the resurrection and saw that there was so much evidence for that, that I made the decision to follow Jesus. So I'll talk about that. I'll talk about my own testimony, why I believe it and how I grow daily in my faith. And then I live it. Uh, But you'll see in the book, I don't always get it right, but how God puts redemption in that, like how that can also become a witnessing tool.
0: Kara Whitney here on The Intersection. You can find out more about Back to the Bible by going to the website gotandem.org. Next up on this edition of the intersection, it's former law enforcement officer Adam Davis. In a recent conversation, he and I discussed a devotional book that he has co-written with Chad Robichaux of the Mighty Oaks Foundation called Behind the Lines: 365 Daily Challenges for Military Personnel. From that meeting house conversation, this is Adam Davis now.
2: For example, we you know, you look at May, and in in May, we talk about um it's you know january you have family matters in, in may it's fire and maneuvers It's is learning how to trust in god to be your cover with the enemies uh firing his arrows at you it's it's learning how to find your rhythm in the battles of this life we, we know we battle not against flesh and blood uh, but sometimes it comes down to that but the real battle is in the spirits against principalities and powers in high places uh, we, we talk about resiliency and integrity, the strength of a warrior, being fit for service, and and uh, maintaining your position, being combat ready. It's it's all taking us into a perspective that everything that we see with our natural eyes is a result of a spiritual battle. And if we can be armed with the with the armor of God, if we can equip ourselves with the Word of God, and have a daily discipline to approach God in prayer, and and pray for not just ourselves, but pray for others, intercede on behalf of our brothers and sisters around us. Um, I think that that's the biggest accomplishment that we can make. Ultimately, ultimately, the number one purpose of this book is to help people to either A, develop a relationship with Jesus, or B, grow in their walk with Him no matter what they face.
0: And just as we close, I wanted to ask you about the the way that families are regarded in this particular book. We recognize that that military families have unique challenges, families where there is a law enforcement officer that is part of the family, a first responder. You have that situation as well. So what would you say would be words of encouragement that you address for the the spouses and the families of those who serve?
2: You, you, <laughs> they know. They know the words better than I could ever give them. Uh, they've been through. These are these are incredible people. Um, a military spouse is one of the most incredible people that you'll ever meet because they have to willingly open their hands, open their arms, and let their loved one go when it's time for them to go to work and uh, when it's time for them to respond, whether it's uh, being deployed overseas or or some training locally for an extended period of time, whatever the case is they they have to make that decision and, and, and take care of the home front. And so my, my words of encouragement to you would be to continue to rely on the strength of God uh, to be your foundation, to, to continue to rely on a relationship with him and to uh, focus on loving him and and knowing that you may be miles apart. You may be hours and days apart. And it may have been months since you've seen each other. But the same God that brought you together will keep you together if you keep him at the center of it and you, you keep prayer, the focus in the center of your relationship. It's the thing that unites you find one thing that brings you together, no matter the physical distance and through it all through it all, he'll pres- he'll preserve you.
0: Well, the name of the book is Behind the Lines, 365 Daily Challenges for Military Personnel. Co-author Adam Davis joining me. He and Chad Robichaux have teamed up to bring this book together. And so, Adam, as we conclude, just very briefly, how can people be in prayer for those who are serving, as we might say, on the front lines, those first responders, law enforcement, military, those who are, are really putting their lives on the line every day?
2: I think right now the greatest thing that you could that you could ask God for is to to continue to, continue to strengthen them. Uh, that's that's probably a, my answer to that is is probably three or four hours long. Uh, <laughs> but just to make it real short because we do have to close is is pray for them to to find strength. Uh, ask ask God to give them the strength to persevere, to endure, uh, to, to give them grace in the moments where it is needed most, and to help them keep their eyes on Him. And to preserve the relationships, that they will experience the love of Jesus like they never experienced it before, no matter where they are, what they're going through, and that He'll just preserve them through it all.
0: Adam Davis here on The Intersection. His website address is theadamdavis.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, the weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can learn more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast. There are links to the podcast in the Media Center as well as through iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Content from the Meeting House program can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Amazon Music or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Learn more at the Meeting House homepage. Well, next on this edition of The Intersection, it's Owen Strand. He is now a senior fellow for the Center for Biblical Worldview at Family Research Council. He also serves as provost and research professor of theology at Grace Bible Theological Seminary in Conway, Arkansas, and is a former president of the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. In our conversation, he discussed the significance of the new center and how he is well-suited for that role. He is the author of a book called Christianity and Wokeness, how the social justice movement is hijacking the gospel and the way to stop it. Here now from that meeting house conversation is Owen Strand.
3: Yeah, this new center is intended to equip Christians to think well about the strange days and evil times that we are in. Uh, It's specifically focused on understanding all of life as a worldview. Too often as Christians, We have our spirituality in one box, and then maybe we have a collection of ethics in another box, and then we have our practices in a different one. And our life isn't really an integrated whole. But what I think FRC is after, under the leadership of David Claussen, uh, the, the director of this center under Tony Perkins' oversight, is for Christians to integrate all their understanding of Scripture and see it as a coherent whole so that we are not taken captive Colossians 2.8 by any ungodly ideology, but instead, as a Christian, we think in a distinctly Christian way. As believers, we're not trying to use any other worldview's Wi-Fi. We believe Hmm. that God owns the Wi-Fi, uh, and and He has the password, and He has given us the password by grace through faith. And so we want to think in a distinctly Christian way, and thus, glorify God, and hopefully make a dent in the cosmos for the name of Jesus Christ.
0: Well, and it's interesting, as you were sharing there, Owen, I was thinking back to a conversation I had with the aforementioned George Barna not too long ago. Of course, one of these startling statistics, just 6% of the adult U.S. population actually has a biblical worldview. And we were talking about some of these different components of worldviews that have been embraced, whereas you don't have people that have a a pure worldview. They might take a little bit of Christian worldview over here and mix it with something else, and we were talking about a a particular... moralistic therapeutic deism, I believe is what it was called, MTD the other day, and how that has really become a dominant worldview, but maybe not as as a pure worldview, but it's integrated and mixed in with the Christian worldview. So while you only have 6% of people that have a biblical worldview, this survey from FRC says that 51% yeah. of adults claim to have a biblical worldview so you got half of the adults think they have it only 6% when you actually examine the criteria do that's can you say disconnect i mean that that's a real problem
3: isn't it yeah it is a real problem and it shows us that we have a lot of work to do we're not just trying to get statistics as christians But through the ministry of local churches especially we're trying to make disciples but honestly bob discipleship uh, is a rare commodity in evangelical circles these days so the center uh, at family research council as i understand it is not trying to do the work of the local church but we're trying to help christian pastors and elders and leaders uh, in in the church world equip their people on these tough issues because here's the reality It's a blessing, actually, to have people who dedicate their life and their time to thinking hard about tough issues. Uh, You mentioned my book, Christianity and Wokeness, coming out with Salem Books in July. Wokeness is not an easy issue to get your arms around. It takes some time to study it. MTD, which you just mentioned, Moral Therapeutic Deism, man, it takes some reading. It takes some time to understand that, so hopefully there can be a partnership in days ahead As many Christians sense, rightly, that the wind is in our face culturally in America, hopefully this will drive us toward real intellectual discipleship, toward theological thinking, toward understanding that our ethics and our doctrine are integrated, and hopefully we'll see that 6% number tick up a good bit. (laughs)
0: Owen Strand here on The Intersection. To learn more about the new Center for Biblical Worldview at Family Research Council, go to frc.org front slash worldview. Next on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's the senior pastor of Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, Jared Stevens. In our recent conversation, he discussed principles relative to his book, The Always God, He Hasn't Changed and You Are Not Forgotten. Here now is Jarrett Stevens.
4: We can't come to God on our own terms, right? Yeah. That is uh, truth of Scripture that we can't just live our own lives, do what we want to do, how we want to do it, be our own God, and then just you know, God serve as some genie in the bottle, and we just call out to Him and get whatever we want when we want it. Uh, the Bible tells us that there are certainly, uh, I call it in the in the book, block calls, right, where we're trying to yep. call out to God, but he's going to block our call. You know, the Bible tells us that if we cherish sin in our hearts, Psalm 66, 18, that the Lord would not listen. Uh, it tells us in Isaiah chapter 59 that God's arm is not too short to save nor His ear too dull to hear, but it's our iniquities that have separated us from God, and it's our sins that has hidden his face from us. And so there is an element there where, listen, when we come to God, we come to him in humility, we come to him in faith, and we come to him in our own terms, when, uh, in his terms, not our own terms. And when that happens, God's never going to turn down uh, the sincere uh, prayer, a prayer that is a, a person that is clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Uh, he's never going to turn down a humble heart. And that's the, that's the, uh, that's the other part I cover in the God who sees. We, I talk about God sees everything, and he sees what we don't. So God sees the hidden agendas and the motives of our heart. Uh, we can't see that. Our heart's deceitfully wicked, but God sees it. And so I would just answer that uh, and say, you know what? Uh, when, we, when we come before the Lord, uh, we've got to make sure that we are coming in humility, that we're coming in faith. And we have to understand that just because God doesn't work on our timetable doesn't mean he's not working. You know, God does his best work when we're waiting on him. And so I try to encourage the reader, look, don't waste your weight uh god he is working and sometimes it's just we want it over we want it instantly right like on my cell phone if i want an app i can download it and it's there uh if you know i want something to eat in a hurry i can put it in the microwave and it's there we live in this instant society but god doesn't work like that and uh, he does his best work oftentimes when he forces us to wait on him in prayer and uh, that's the beauty of our relationship and i would and then i would answer that finally and just say Uh, You know, there is an element of faith here where we say uh, just because we don't feel it uh, doesn't mean it's not happening. We have to base our life off of truth. And when God's word says, hey, you call to me in prayer and I will hear your prayer, just because we don't feel like he hears it doesn't mean he doesn't. We live off of truth, uh, not what we feel. And so, so often I've noticed believers, Bob, their life looks like an EKG heart chart, right? It's up, down, (laughs) up, down, up, down. Because they, we live off feelings, and the Scripture tries to get us away from that. Our feelings will deceive us. I'm not saying they're not legitimate, but they can't drive the engine of our life. We've got to be driven off of the truth of God's Word, and that's where we stand, and that's what we base our life on.
0: So when someone is coming face to face, if their their hearts and minds and lives are up against uh, it, maybe a season of doubt, or they've they've had questions that have come into their minds, and they're wrestling with it what would you say to encourage that person that God is always faithful he's he doesn't change he is there he's always at work what what words of encouragement could you give
4: well that's the essence of the Christian life right I mean without doubt uh, there would be no you know element of faith for uh, there to be faith doubt has to be present some of the greatest people in the Bible doubted <laughs> uh, John the Baptist uh, Jesus said, there's no man more and greater of a woman than John the Baptist. And yet when he's in prison, he sends his disciples to Jesus and say, are you sure you're the one? I mean, this is a guy who saw heaven opened up and heard the voice of God. This is my beloved son whom I well pleased. And so the great, you know, David read his journal in the Psalms. He doubted. Uh, Job, uh, you know, nearly 30 plus chapters are doubt, uh, filled with doubt. Uh, but Uh, that's what makes faith uh, so vibrant and present. So my challenge to believers would be when times of doubt come, God, are you really working? I I just don't see it. I don't think it. I don't feel it. That's when you lean in. And, Bob, I have two words written in the margins of my Bible over and over and over again, and it's just these two words, trust and entrust. And Hmm. I talk about that in the last section of the book because for believers, we live by faith. We don't live by sight. Uh, This world is not our home. We live for a different world. And I think uh, 21st century Christians, especially, you know, with our uh, Western worldview, we just have forgotten that. Uh, we're living for the here and the now, and the Scripture calls us to live for a different world. In the here and the now, and so I, I would I would really call Christians to to focus on those two words trust and entrust. So even when you don't understand what's taking place, even uh, and God's ways are not our ways. Isaiah tells us that uh, God's speaking through the prophet Isaiah, our, my ways are not your ways.
0: Jarrett Stevens here on the intersection. You can find him online at Jarrett J A R R E T T Stevens S T E P H E N S dot com. We are nearing the end of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the podcast through that homepage. You can also link to the iTunes feed. There's a link to the Media Center as well, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on The Intersection Podcast. Two blogs are accessible, One is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House, and the other is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page, plus there's a link to video content. Again, you can go to meetinghouseonline.info or visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this
2: week's edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.